Hello everyone and welcome to the It's In The Game Sports Podcast hosted by myself, Dom Phillips. You can check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and all your favourite podcast providers which we are hopefully going to get the podcast on soon. For now we're here on Anchor, hopefully getting up on other platforms soon, maybe SoundCloud as well. Um, but as I said, I'm your host Dom Phillips and joining me as the co-host is Jack Cudworth. Would you like to introduce yourself, mate? <laughs> Hi, as Dom said, my name's Jack Cudworth. Uh, uh, typically write about football uh, on Twitter. Uh, so if you're a Villa fan uh, or anything like that and you're listening to this, you most likely see me uh, pretty much slagging Aston Villa off more often than not. Uh, and that's pretty much all I do. It's an art form, slagging off Aston Villa, isn't it? <laughs> but no, no, you've had stuff published in the Birmingham Mail and that, you know, you're a great guy to have on, you're a great guy. We've done podcasts before, so... It's good, it's good to have someone who, you know, you have some fans who were, and I don't mean this in any, this isn't directed at anyone, but there are some fans, because obviously I'm a Villa fan too, there are some fans out there that wear rose-tinted glasses, don't they? And they just see the best in everything and uh, refuse yeah. to question, they refuse to scrutinise, but we are both people that are not afraid to scrutinise, even where scrutiny, you know, some people are immune from criticism and we aren't, we aren't going to follow those and adhere to those conventions. But yeah, uh, so yeah. I'm the host, Dom, uh, I'm a... Uh, media freelancer as well. I do writing, I do commentary in sports and esports. Also, specialist Villa fan, and now also podcast host, aren't we? You know, that's that's another thing to add to the old uh, CV. Yeah. But so today's obviously the first episode of our podcast. It's in the game. I've been. I've been... Oh, no, go yes, on. Box every now and again, I've been terrible. No, go on. Sorry, you cut out there. Please repeat. Yeah. No, it's all right. I mean. Sound a bit like a robot than yourself, to be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm afraid this, we've been riddled with technical issues for the entirety. Of, <laughs> I'd, oh, I, I, I try. Basically, we've recorded this before, but um, this first episode. But I, um, I tried to like be quite fancy with the way that I did it, and I did some like audio tracks and things, and I come out to like edit it afterwards. And I just had, all, had it all configured completely incorrectly. So all you could hear was Jack and I was just muted the entire uh, yeah. time. Yeah, it, it was 40 minutes of me just going, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, 40 minutes and of, then... yep, silence, yep, and then Jack making a point. It was a complete and utter waste of time. But anyway, this is not going to be that, hopefully. Well, I might have a bit of robotic voice, but we apologise for that. Uh, that will obviously just iron itself out along the way. Um, so, the first episode of our podcast is about the impact of the CV crisis on sports. Obviously, we know what CV refers to, the obviously ongoing you know, public health crisis. And it's, I think it's important to preface a discussion like this um, on sport in regards to something that is so serious and so tragic that the wor- we, we acknowledge that the worst consequences of CV are not on sports and the people that we have to give our credit to for keeping people alive and you know keeping the ICUs going, all those fantastic things, keeping ventilators, all those heroic things. It is the NHS here in the UK. And we're immensely grateful to them for the immense work that they put in. But the reason that we think as sports media, not personalities, but media content creators, that the reason it's wise to talk about sport is because sport is so important for a lot of things. Not just is it an escape for many people, but it put so many jobs at risk, like in match day businesses and you know all the little things like that, like uh, sportswear companies and all the things like that. There are you know have thousands up to millions of jobs. Uh, under threat and you know some towns as well are only really known for their football 
So like Burnley, for example, I wouldn't have heard of Burnley if it wasn't for them being in the Premier League. Do you know what I mean? So little little towns, little <laughs> villages and areas get their tourism and get their <clears throat> economy going through football. And without that, then the area might be under a lot of worry. So that's why. As and that's and that's the same with you know the amount the way it's a massive industry, tourism, money maker for the UK, and the way that you know the you know these well paid athletes put, pay a lot of tax as well. So that's why sports is a really important part of the economy, and sports is a really important thing for so many people, and that's why it must be discussed. But we don't lose sight of the fact that you know the NHS and keeping people alive and adhering to this lockdown is definitely the most important thing. But we just as sports people have a responsibility to talk about it, I guess. Yeah, a bit harsh on Burnley, I'd, I'd say. Right on it. I don't know. Then. I mean, <laughs> is there another example? Burton, mate. No, that's the Brewers, though, isn't it? Yeah, we know them for brewing. Um, for okay, that's one. For if anyone in the comment or in a voice message, we'll talk about the voice messages later on. But leave us a little thing, a note saying towns that you only know or places that you only know through football. I mean, even Aston's one of them, to be honest. Wouldn't have heard of us. I would have from. The is, is is it a town though? Or a village? Was it a village? I don't know. There's a there's a bit of a grey area there. But you, you, towns, villages, you know, some places are only really known for their football, and that's you know that's another reason why it's so important. But so basically, the focus of today's podcast yeah. is going to be what is the proposed solution for football's 2019-20 season. In another podcast, we're going to discuss how would you change the league structure overall to make it fairer and make it better because in the first recording we sort of talked a lot about that and we're definitely going to cover that in a separate podcast but today's focus is going to solely be on what do we do to solve this 2019-20 season crisis now the sort of two main schools of thought in how you do it Uh, one is to stop stop, uh, stop the leagues and the second one is to carry on I've sort of split this up into four individual solutions that I've seen circulating popularly. And these are, number one, completely null and voided, with some with uh, non-league steps below National League and National League North and South having already done this. No promotions or relegations and no champions, no nothing. It's completely wiped out. The second is um, you keep places as they are and there's no relegations. But two come up, Liverpool are declared champions, so. And we have a 22-team Premier League next season. Then the third option, which appears to be the preference of the governing bodies, is that you complete the season with the soonest possible opportunity in like cl- behind closed doors or however over the summer, and you rush through the uh, league. And then the fourth option is the UFC model, which I thought would bring in because it is a sports podcast, not a football podcast. It's just wise to mention some other things where Dana White, I mean, he's quite comedic, isn't it? Uh, was going to buy a private island. For all of his fighters to go on training camps down, then fight behind closed doors on this island to be broadcast online. Um, if we were go, if we were to go about this via a process of elimination, Jack, you've got to yeah. start with the UFC one, haven't you? That is laughable. <laughs> it's like a bargain Richard Branson type of thing, isn't it? I'll buy my own island. And... Just but although, although then again, I, I don't Welcome think Dana to... White asked for any money off taxpayers. Yeah, oh, so... yeah. We'll see. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, for me personally, I, I I can understand the merits in the fact that obviously there's financial obligations to me, things like that. Mm. Uh, probably if, if if games aren't played, clubs and I mean, in pretty much every other sport, they'll probably lose TV revenue and, and things like that. 
that. Yeah. Uh, I of it. These obligations. However, it would still be a. Uh, I mean, I, I said yesterday. The the main thing is that it would still be a public health issue. Yeah. Uh, as well as that, uh, I, I know you've obviously got some thoughts on it in in terms of what we expect of footballers yeah. and, and things like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think logistically it'll be a bit of a nightmare. Uh, there'll obviously be no fans there if, if you do that type of thing. Mm. It's, for me, it's purely a money, so, well, a money retaining idea, not really money making because obviously yeah. they'd be losing out on money uh, if they didn't do it. It's about minimising yeah, for me, it's, thinking, it? I guess. Um, I mean, uh, I obviously know your thoughts about it, but I mean, obviously for everybody else, I mean, do you want to elaborate on that one? Yeah. Um. So uh, my main two problems with it in a footballing context are about we need to humanise players a bit, and about the fans aspect of it, as you've alluded to there. So on the humanisation thing, in um fighting and combat sports like boxing, you have um and, and obviously the UFC. Uh, fighters often go and have training camps on their own with their coaches and just absolutely focus on their craft and hone it. Like Big Bear, I think, is the place where some boxers go. I don't, I'm not a detailed you know, combat sports specialist, but these are just things that I sort of know, I hope anyway. If, I, if you Feel free to correct me. And that's something that they're used to. It's no not idea. It's, yeah, it's not something that I necessarily agree with, but because I'm not too familiar about the sport, I'm obviously not going to slander the way that they do things, but... With football, we're not used to that. Yeah. With football, players will come home from training. Um, you know, they might come home from a game depressed that they've lost, and they've got their, you know, their their family around them, and they've got their friends around exactly. them, and they're so used to that. And the thing is, if you just rip footballers away from everything that they have, and stick them on a private island and force them to work together, I just don't think it's going to be a success. I mean, like if you put yeah. if you put people who aren't used to being in high pressure situations into a high pressure situation for the first time with everything on the line, and in Villa's case, they're like unexperienced, not very strong players. I'd say mentally, some of them. Are, I don't know that sounds harsh, but it's true. You don't you don't look at them and you think they could go through a war. Villa squad, for example. You put that in there, and you'll have you'll have conflict, and you'll have people giving up, and and then the quality of games would go down, and things like that. And I just don't, and I. Hello? Yeah, I'm just saying, I'm praying that you're not asking me a question in that because it just cut out for me. Yeah, I, we had a bit of a Skype problem there, but it's all right. We'll keep going. And um, I, just, I just don't think it's right to uh, dehumanise players like that. They have families and they have friends, they have homes, they have loved yeah, ones. Yeah, exactly. We shouldn't be separating yeah, I mean, from there like that just for, the, yeah. just, for, just for the sake of money. I understand in combat sports is different because they're used to it, so that's why it's more reasonable. And I hope that the PFA would have a say if they ever went down this route. But because I think it was Disney blocked this in the UFC, so it's not going to happen, which is, I think, that's a relief. And the thing is with the fans yeah. as well, I don't know how much of it is in UFC, but with football, the fans drive the team on so much. And that's, I think, it's so important to have the fans there, especially for a team like Villa. We ride on the momentum of the, you know, the crowd. And it really, if football without fans... Fans of what are what has driven football to where it is today. Do you know what I mean? Like in 1900, if yeah, fans yeah. weren't turning up, the sport would still be as it was then. It's 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 fans who drive the economy of sports. Really, it's fans who keep the interest up. It's fans who um, 
pay gate receipts and things like that that are so important for clubs and it's fans that have really pushed this sport on over the past hundred years or so and to completely ignore yeah. them by doing this UFC model is one I don't agree with and that's why I also don't agree with if we move on to the completing the season at the soonest possible opportunity with um, behind closed doors games I just I think football without fans football behind closed doors I know a lot of people say oh it's not ideal but I'd rather that it was null and voided than we had a I'd rather there was no football than a bad version of football because that would taint my view of football. So that's why I, I, I just can't stand behind closed doors games. Yeah. Uh, sort of, I mean, you cut, half for, you cut out for half of that, but yeah, I, I got the gist. I mean, it is one of those, it's, it's a bit of a corny line, but football without fans is nothing really. Yeah. Uh, as you as said in, in that, it's it's gate receipts, it's merchandise, it's pretty much uh, apart from the sponsorship aspect, it's pretty much sort of uh, everything that football is. I mean, as you said, I mean, without fans going to games back way back when, uh, obviously the game would have never turned professional. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. So you look at that; it is it's it's pretty much why football exists as it does today, really. Uh, yeah, and the thing is with fans as well. Like, um, if you when you go to a game, one of the one of our rawest emotions as a football fan is that feeling of scoring and celebrating and that camaraderie between yourself and the fans. Like, oh, we're all fans. We we're, we're all together. We're on side. It's, it's a massive yeah. sense of community as well, a sense of belonging, and sacrificing that at games and the just... atmosphere it loses a lot of its heart. It's just an under twenty three game if you don't have fans, really, isn't it? <laughs> That's <laughs> what it essentially is. Poor under twenty three is getting slandered. I know. Oh, I know. I do, I, have you seen um, Villa's under twenty three's new little stadium though? They've built a stand and like a little burger van, haven't they? To make the under twenty three games more appealing. <laughs> I have and, no idea. Yeah, they've built like um, they've they've separated it off Bodymore Heath. I think this under twenty three is where they play the under twenty three's games now. And there's like a stand. All right. Yeah. And um, there's like a little. T- it's like you'd have to Google it. Um later um, but they've done it up a little bit and it looks quite snazzy they usually play Monday nights at Bodymore Heath and I'm tempted to go down the one night and just sort of cast my eyes over Super Louis Barry and uh, you know Indy I've, I've never actually been neither have I I've never been to the 23 game but um, my granddad used to tell me about like in the reserves he used to go and all the players that were like injured from the first team and just coming back would be played in the reserve games to get back to fitness so we'd say you'd just see like one game you'd just see Gary Shaw dribbling through about five different players and then slotting it home. Then the next week you'd see him playing in like the Premier League. Shut up. You know. I, to be honest, I think the only under I have been to under under twenty three game. I've never been to Bodymore Ethel. And I think no. it would oh, it'd have been probably mid two thousands. And obviously me being a Yorkshireman, uh, it, it were it were at Sheffield Wednesday, it were played at Hillsborough. Right. So we Went to watch uh, that game. Pretty, I, I think we won. I can't remember. I can't remember to be honest. Hope, I think they're probably only Villa fans that were in actual ground. But yeah. <laughs> oh, they, oh, they, there you go. Yeah, and um, going back to what we were talking about though, before we go too ramblingly off topic. While it is quite easy to do that, yeah, yeah. it is quite fun. You know, nothing wrong with going off topic. But what do you think about? You know, this is something that Gary Neville, who we both respect greatly, has said about completing the season as soon as possible opportunity. What do you think about that? Because obviously that brings up like contract problems, transfer window complications, and it fucks up the schedule for the years to come. What do you think about that? Yeah. Uh, 
It's just... It's a shit comment from a, a very good pundit for me. Yeah. Personally, as it's... Obviously, as as I, as I've said before, you've obviously got obligations that you need to fill, uh, financial, marketing, uh, sponsorship-wise, things like that. But for me, it's I mean, it's it's more like what you said. You're obviously pushing a lot of things back. Uh, I mean, you you we've got Euros pushed back till next year. If you push, if you if you end up finishing a season in what? September, August time, August, September, sorry, and then you've got to wait another couple of months for a season to start, uh, then you, you, everything else is going to be getting pushed back. And obviously, you have got contractual uh, things uh, with players uh, that you've got to worry about. What happens with that? For me, and we'll, and we'll get on to it, I, I just stop the season uh, and then come up with a solution on the back of that. Yeah, so if we if we're both in agreement then that the UFC model is comedy and the I'd I'd say the completing the season as soon as possible opportunity I think that's just naive. I think while we're obviously going to suffer a lot of damages to the football schedule, I think if we minimise that damage by just voiding it and getting back on track as soon as we can and just saying right everything's up in the air so let's have some finality. Let's here's what's happening. It's staying to the old schedule. We're just doing this because it's what works. It's what we've always done. Yeah, that's fine. If, I think that works best uh, because obviously the way that some people say, oh, it's only the schedule. You can just it's August to May isn't, isn't set in stone, but the way yeah. football works, the way all contracts, sponsorship deals, the way everything mm. is centered, the whole football economy, especially in the UK and yeah. around Europe, it's similar dates. It's built August to May, and you can't well, yeah, I mean, jeopardize that. Football's contracts, football's contracts usually last until uh, June or first of July or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so first of July, isn't it? Or thirty first. What happens with that? Will, will players unregister technically, so you can't play them anymore? What What happens with it? I mean, just on the note of USC sort of model, mm-hmm. if all players had tests and all players and other staff that were good, that had to be involved, obviously it would be a lot less than if fans were there, etc. If all these people would manage to be tested and come back as positive. Uh, sorry, and come back as uh, negative of having uh, the virus. Mm. Then, I'd much rather the UFC model take place mm. than a Gary Neville suggestion, whereas play out just as normal at your earliest convenience. Yeah. First, because then obviously you've got, you've got quick games. I know there's obviously going to be fatigue, but you've got nine games left. Theoretically, if you at least do two in a week, uh, what's that? That that's just over a month max. Nah, Whereas you you can you're going to be waiting like three months uh, for a full season to finish if you do it that way, and it'll feel a bit like a World Cup for me. Which, I mean, as as much as international football gets quite a bit of shit, I actually quite love international football in in the fact that obviously. I enjoy it as well. But that's that's the patriot in me speaking. But you know, there you go. oh, that's why I'm so dis- distraught about the Euros, to be honest. But the um, the thing you never is... know. It... Go on. No, I'll just, I'll just say you never know. An extra year might help us out. Extra year to find another manager. But you know, yeah, find another manager oh. and allow like Dean Henderson, <laughs> Sancho, to to continue developing players like that. Yeah, exactly. But the um the thing is with that for me, like I think Kevin De Bruyne alluded to it. He said footballers haven't played a game since what February, 
If you keep yeah. them not playing from February until June, let's say that's when they restart this season under Gary Neville's model. Yeah. Players won't have played in, what, three, four months? And they're um, going to be having to play two games a week. <sighs> De Bruyne said they're going to drop like flies. And that's the thing, because they, they, they're just not fit. They can't be fit without playing games. It's a fact of football. If you, like, like take the like the Christmas January period in football, right? We saw how so many players, especially like Villa, like Target was injured, even Heaton was injured, Wesley was yeah. injured. Like all pick, a lot of our players picked up injured, begin injured in the de- end of December. Players get injured around then because they're shattered. They're oh, they're playing too much, but yeah. but they're doing that whilst they're fit, right? Imagine fixture congestion, and, that, and that's a lot of problems. The fixture congestion has caused a lot of injury problems, right? Put in that injury congestion, sorry, fixture congestion, which causes injury problems on players who aren't even fit, and so we're going to be walking around like pieces of paper. It's just not going to work. Players will be dead on their feet. They'll be like, they'll be mouth breathing before the game even starts. Like, they'll be absolutely That was exhausted. not me burping, by the way, just in case you heard that. Burping? <laughs> <laughs> Stomach made, made a noise. I thought it might have got picked up on mine. I just wanted to clear that one up before it. Anything I, didn't, through. I didn't hear anything, mate. You've just exposed oh. yourself unnecessarily. Nah, there. Oh, mate, I know. Oh, oh dear. Sorry should've, to everybody. Should have <laughs> should have played that one off. Should have played that one off. Well, but now I just think you know De Bruyne is pointed out. De Bruyne is one of the best players in the world. He knows it. You yeah. can't you can't complete the season now because players just won't be fit enough. You can't get players fit again by playing friendlies and then forcing them into a league watching them yeah. all get injured. And the thing that you were saying about the tests um, and doing the UFC model, that I don't agree because I think it's PR suicide. Imagine the headline, Greg Clark buys Lush Island for players who all get tests over the NHS frontline workers so they can kick a ball around a football field. An you, island? And imagine imagine yeah. the... Well, yeah, the UFC private island thing you said. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't mean a private island. I meant like a sort of enclosed sort of training camp sort right. of thing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, where, where can we do it? Isle of Wight, Isle of Man, Guernsey, <laughs> like that? Just get it up in, what, on one of those little Scottish islands. But what island is free? That, yeah, Isle of Skye. A bit too far north, that, to be honest. Even for you? <laughs> even, even for me. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't know, I just... I just think that's part of humanising players again, and it would be PR suicide. Yeah. If we just, if like, imagine the um, headline if it was um, Premier League season declared null and void because football is not the priority. FA to make massive donations to NHS and uh, yada yada. Sportswear companies start making ventilators and face masks. That would be brilliant for football if they did that. They would oh, because the brilliant. way we've seen that the government have, um, like, I'd say vilified footballers and demonised them a bit. And sort of yeah. Matt Hancock directly calling them out in that press conference for not doing enough. I think like with the stand together thing and the you know get donating their wages, footballers are doing more than their fair share of most yeah. of the people who are of their category net worth and how much money they've actually got. Footballers are some of the people who are actually doing the most. So I yeah. think I think that you have to give footballers a lot of credit there. But if the FA was to just get out its money bags, because it does have a lot of money bags, because Sky BT pay them dollar not counting like yeah. msnbc over in america as well then you um give a load of financial support packages to clubs that are going to go under i think it's unavoidable that like maybe some championship league one league two 100 non-league clubs and even some leagues will just completely and utterly fold you give economic packages out to those who are going to be able to use it and survive 
and you give economic packages out to support match day businesses and you give economic packages out to support the um the general fight against this crisis and i know i'm talking a bit like flowery like money here money there money everywhere but this is one of those things where we just have to use any money that we've got and pour it all into it we have to do it even if the sport takes a financial knockback for the next few years i don't think that's a bad thing because i think money in football is um disgusting like 220 million for a player and that and some of the money that there are just I don't agree with it at all. So I think if you if you damage football's economy for the sake of keeping the game alive and keeping people alive, then I, do, I don't think that can be a bad thing. So I just yeah. think we, um, the importance of maintaining that PR and the importance of just... I just think abandoning the season. I I just think we have to abandon it now. Yeah. Going on to that I, abandoning topic. We slight, go on, sorry. No, no, no I, I completely agree. I mean, in, in terms of that, obviously... This is, this is the second time we're recording. Uh, hopefully this one will work out a lot better than it did yesterday. But yesterday I mentioned that I've tended to always agree with uh, clubs putting a certain amount of money in, uh, whether it's on a percentage basis or just like a sort of standard figure. Yeah. Uh, so much money per season, uh, which goes into a pot to obviously just relieve clubs that could potentially go into administration. We've seen Bury, we've seen Bolton. Uh, so under no, normal sort of circumstances, uh, it would help clubs like that. Yeah. Uh, or, or allow somebody uh, to sort of temporarily purchase a club to then pass it on to somebody else, that type of thing. However, in this situation, obviously, people think of, obviously, footballers. I don't agree that footballers have had a hard time. However, it's good that they've actually come out and done something. Yeah. I think quite a lot of the reason why footballers have got quite a bit of shit, to be fair, uh, is down to the clubs themselves, not actual footballers. You've seen Liverpool furlough staff when and then realistically as well, yeah, and and then backtracked on it exactly. So I think that's an extra reason why, I mean, players will come into criticism. Uh, unfortunately, due to the club's actions, not themselves. Yeah, exactly, and that's the thing with these. What you were saying about that pot there, and you know the the, the players yeah. getting the blame for the actions of the billionaire owners, it's completely corrupt. I just don't. It's just it's just because players, are, football players, are easy targets because they have what many would describe easy jobs for ridiculous yeah. wages. So they're just they're just an easy media target. No one's going to disagree if you go after footballers, even if it's not fair. So in if instead of the blame being put on footballers who are actually doing things, why isn't the blame put on the owners who need to put in significant, in my view, need to put in significant money into these pots and pans and these pots yeah. and pans? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just coming out with these little phrases now. I'm not even thinking. So you've been doing washing up, mate, or something? <laughs> these money pot. Oh, I'm having a curry later, so I, uh, I, you don't get me started on washing up and food and things. I'm, I'm going to get hungry. But happy oh. Easter, by the way. Um, getting, these, <laughs> getting money into these pots and um, sort of donate and put donating it to the club and donating to making put yeah. PPE, face all this kind of thing keeping clubs and leagues alive that's what owners and governing bodies need to be doing it's not the players responsibility it's admirable that they're taking a wage cut and i agree that they should take a wage cut and that wage cut should be more significant than those workers like receptionists and physios and that whose wage is only bare is is a living wage so i don't think they should be the ones yeah. that are getting like 
60% of the wage. They should if they if they have to get 80% of their wage and then footballers yeah. get like 30% of the wage or 40% of the wage. Dependent on the league, that's fine by me because obviously National League footballers, if you give them 40% yeah. of their wage, they're not going to get any money because the wages yeah. are lower. But Premier League footballers can survive on that in my view. And that's what uh, that's that's the point. You you can't you can't blame players for the own mis misconduct of the billionaire owners who need to be doing more in my view. And I just completely agree with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go and so we both fall into the category of we should stop the season. And as we said before, there are two sort of main schools of thought in how we would do that. So null and void it completely. Nothing literally wipe it out. Wipe it out of existence. It never happened. It never happened completely and we just start again in August as we would normally we handle transfers and contracts when we can etc and then the second option is that you have places as they are with no relegations to come up and we have a 22 team league and while some of that is sort of focusing on next season and I want to keep this podcast focused on this season because we will do a podcast on next season because I know you mentioned yesterday your views on how you would restructure the league system and I thought that was quite an interesting discussion but focusing solely on this season how would you solve it? Very direct. I might have changed. I might have changed my views from yesterday. I'll be well, quite. I'll be completely honest. You might have swayed me with this one. Oh uh, no! Why have I done this? <laughs> oh, this is going to be brilliant. Oh, you know what? I'm going to stick to my view just so you've not got the glory of oh, having to change my opinion. I was going to. Uh, I was going to hold that over your head for the rest of time. <laughs> well, I'm not letting it happen. So what I would do? Uh, no, no, I'm joking. Uh, to be honest, I have I have kind of changed my mind. Although I do still would like a twenty two league team season next year. Uh, well, so yeah we, can, yeah, we can talk about that. Well, not tomorrow, but in the next podcast, obviously. What I said yesterday would be our option two. So you kind of you you cancel the season, uh, sort of everything stays the way it is in terms of league positions uh, in the Premier League uh, anyway, uh, and you automatically promote those that are in automatic positions uh, so that would mean Leeds and West Brom coming yeah. up from Championship to make a 22 league team uh, Premier League uh, I believe it's Coventry and Rotherham in League 1 that would be promoted mm. and I'm not even going to attempt to go to League 2 Don't. and it would be promoted from there no, I'll, I'll get it up for you so you Carry on, but I'll just get the lead. I've completely forgotten, to be honest. Uh, I've got a feeling it's somebody. Right, it is Crew, Swind- Swindon, and Plymouth. Right, okay. So these teams would come up. Uh, obviously, there are other caveats to that, but essentially, there would be no relegation, uh, just promotions, and obviously a bit of a restructuring for the leagues from next season, temporarily. Yeah. Uh, I guess in that respect, <laughs> Liverpool would win the title as much as it hurts to say, because uh, I absolutely hate them. Uh, however, that's that's by the by. Uh, yeah, so Liverpool win the league, promotions, no relegations, and pretty much uh, the rest of league positions sort of stick with clubs essentially. I know, I know. Obviously, you've had a different view to me. Uh, I'll let you explain it and sort of what what you're trying to change my mind to. So I'm 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 not gonna parrot I'm gonna parrot myself yesterday quite an extent to be fair because if my arguments were convin were convincing enough to sort of sway you a bit then um that's a positive thing for me 
But your arguments are very credible. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a very difficult uh, issue to tackle, and we're not professionals. We're not in charge, and there's a reason for that. But we have to trust the powers that be to make the right decision. Now, where I differ is I uh, think we should completely and utterly option one null and void it. So that means no promotions, no relegations, no champions, no nothing. It never happened. Um, we've seen that below the National League, North and South, and the National League, every league below, so every league below the sixth league level, have done this. Yeah. I made an error last time. I said anything below League Two have done that. That's wrong. It's anything below right, okay. the sixth level that have done this. Um, and the reason for that is, I think that we need to provide clarity and sticking to our original schedule because that's how football's economy has grown and shaped to. I also think that in terms of not giving Liverpool the title, right, if you played out the rest of the season, Liverpool would win the title. You can't say that for 100% certainty. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I said would, not will, because you can't say it with 100% certainty. And they, they probably should, and I'd, I'd be very surprised if they didn't. But the fact is, I think it's Darmesh on Sky said this, he said, yeah. the simple question to ask is, have Liverpool won the league? And the answer is no. Have, you know, have have Leeds and West Brom did enough to stay up, go up no well they're only about five or six points ahead of third and fourth and I, was looking at the league two, I was looking at the league two table Plymouth who were third are three points ahead of Exeter in fourth so one game and Exeter could be ahead of them and gone up you know this is this is where I agree with you yeah and th- this is why you changed my mind so the thing as well as that you so why are I finding problems in your argument which you have sort of distanced yourself from but I'm just going to pick it apart anyway is uh, some people say, oh, there shouldn't be any relegations because that would mean a massive financial... That would be a massive financial detriment to any club who is affected by it, including Villa, who actually have games in hand. So that's automatically unfair. Villa, Villa have game in hand against Sheffield United at home. If we win that, we stay up. So it would be unfair for us to go down on an uneven level of games. Um, that's why you can't then avoid it because some teams haven't played the same amount of games. That's unfair. Yeah. Uh, so if you send if you don't want to send clubs down because of financial detriment, it's completely it's hypocritical to argue that you would send up clubs like Leeds, West Brom, Crew, whatever, based on uh, because that would give them the same financial boost that would be a financial detriment to the clubs. So yeah. it's unfair for clubs to have financial detriment, but it's fair for clubs to have financial positive. West Brom could get 150 million off a TV deal and go and buy a whole new team. Do you know what I mean? That's why I don't think it's fair. Because I just, I thought I, I think it's a double standard to say that um, some teams should be relegated and some teams. So, sorry, you can't you can't relegate teams, but you can promote them. Yeah. Whereas, you um, you know, you can't you can't have. I, think, I just think that you can't have it both ways between relegation and promotion. And going off that argument, you cannot relegate teams based on this because they've played uneven amounts of games. Going on from that, there's the contract and transfer it's, obligations it's even, thing. So that's the it's not even the fact well. that they've played uneven games. It's the fact that obviously, I mean, even Villa, as as much as it's unlikely, we could go and win the next nine games. Yeah, we it, it, it's a possibility, and even though even if teams have played the same amount of games, they've played different teams uh, twice. So obviously, let's say that we've got obviously three of the bottom five left. Well, we've obviously not, but let's just say that's obviously uh, the scenario. If we've got that, but another team's got to play all the top six in the last few games, yeah. obviously one team's, got to, one team's more likely to come out, with, come out with more points than the other. So in that respect, and this is why especially I've obviously sort of come over to your side 
the only thing that I obviously there's a, there's a few problems that would still remain, but I think on the on the balance of things, thinking objectively, there's the least amount of problems that could arise from exactly. that sort of situation. And that's um, and that's why it's prudent to mention that all any whatever happens with these solutions, they have to be paired with what we were talking about earlier, which is that massive financial boost that we need from yeah. billionaire owners and the FA and things like that and the governing bodies. We need them to step in because, like Burnley have said, without gate receipts, they go bust by August and they're in the yeah. Premier League. So imagine how bad it is in the lower leagues. But where, where is, do you st- what, what do you do next season, though, in terms of like transfers? Do you allow teams to do transfers? Um, what, what, I, what I do right now in terms of transfers oh. and contracts, I'd open the transfer window right now. Right, right now. okay. Which is, I know that's controversial, but I, I, what, I would declare the season null and void, open the transfer window and allow contracts to run as they do. I think it would at least have to be a sort of universal thing across UEFA. Yeah, to definitely. Do yeah, agree. Uh, because of the Champions but, League and but things yeah. like that. But you never. The thing is, you never. That's why it's the only fair option. Because in some countries, it might be best to complete the season because they have a, they have areas that they can do training camps or they have they don't have the CV yeah. crisis bad as other countries. So because different countries will have different best sporting solutions, the fact that we all have to stick to one universal line. The yeah. fairest line that that is, is to completely null and void it. Because let's say someone was top of the Swedish league on goal difference, but because Liverpool are 25 points ahead in England, they get the title as well in Sweden because we're following the same precedent. I'm sorry, that's Although, not fair. Club, that's Club, Bruges got... are about to, uh, Club Bruges are about to win the, win the Belgian league. Yeah, I know. And I don't, well, I don't, under under UEFA, uh, sort of... Well, not haven't they mathematically won the mission. league? I actually don't know. I don't think they have. But there were uh, the, uh, apparently Club Bruges are about to win the league. Right. Uh, well, that's that's the that's the suggestion that uh, the Belgian FA have put forward, I believe. Uh, obviously, pending UEFA uh, permission, and then Champions League spot stays the same. So, obviously, it'd, I think it'd be fair to at least give Liverpool the league. In however, no, obviously, right. here we go. Here's your thing. Here's, here's I've got the Belgian league table up. Now, it's, okay. it's 16 teams, so presuming yeah. there's 30 games played, yeah, right. Uh, that is 29 games played, and they're 15 points clear. So, th- so that's why Bruges get the title. If Liverpool well, have only mathem- got one game left. Apparent? That can't, I don't know why that can't, that can't be right, though, can it? Because oh, I think there's playoffs, isn't there, for third and fourth? I don't, I don't know. This I have season- no idea. I don't know why I don't know why that is. They might, I don't know how their season works, but I've got the Belgian first division A table up. Right, okay. Bruges play twenty nine, there's well. sixteen teams in the league. So if they've considering they've mathematically won the title based on what I can see here, please correct me if I'm wrong, that's fair. If Liverpool mathematically won the title, that's fine. They get the title. Yeah. If Norwich had mathematically gone down, I'd say send them down, keep everyone else in the championship and have uh, three come up automatically next season. Or oh, whatever, okay. do you know what I mean? You'd have an extra team yeah, in the championship a, and an extra team. Yeah, come. that's a fair way to do things. So it has to be. You have to follow maths, and because mathematically no one's up, no one's down, and no one's anything, yeah. that's why. What it's happens fine, with Champions League spots, though? Do you just keep that the same? Obviously, there has to be a conclusion to that one. Well, the Champions League would be null and voided as well, wouldn't it, for this season? Yeah, but obviously, in terms of next season, would you just keep the same teams that made it last season, or? Oh uh, yeah, it'd be the just, same. It'd be the uh, same teams that made it last season. So like. So Tottenham would still be in it, even though they'd have no chance of, you know, being in it the way they're playing right now. Wow. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have everything the same. It's got. I what my 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 verdict is that it's got to be 
roll back the clock and do it all again. Because that's the only way you can complete the season completely yeah. and utterly fairly. It's the only way you can do it. And it's the best universal option across the world. And I know that's controversial over the Champions League thing, but I just think it's fair. Because yeah. any team could still make the I Champions agree. League spots. So. I never thought I'd say it, but I actually agree. I mean, does this mean Villa get absolutely shagged by a financial fair play or not? Well, uh, we'll I'm sure we can talk about financial fair play in a different podcast. But I think, yeah. I think we should list. I think financial fair play should be lifted for a season, or maybe two I seasons. Think financial fair play should be just scrapped what completely. But you so know. do I. But I'm, I have that. On. I have that opinion, but I'm not informed enough on the subject to sort of back it up and say it publicly. Do you know what I mean? I don't yeah. want to go out there and fall on my own sword. <laughs> um, I, I would de- I would definitely scrap FFP for the next season so the clubs can s- get their money in because I think even though Keith Warnes was a dodgy old dinosaur he did say why should there be a rule preventing a businessman from investing in his business and while that's obviously a very narrow and broad way to look at it it's accurate in the sense yeah. of this scenario and that's what we need we need businessmen to be able to invest and these owners to be able to invest so I would uh, so in short my view is that I would scrap financial fair play for maybe a season maybe two I would basically turn back the clock, pretend nothing ever happened, and do next season as if it was this season. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Because obviously I know you had a different opinion yesterday, even though you're more leaning towards mine today. Not to be honest, I, I actually agree. Uh, I mean, the only thing I wouldn't agree on is uh, Champions League spots, that type of thing. Yeah. I think you, you've got to sort of at least recognise that people have put in an effort and they've not played for nothing. Like Sheffield United. Uh, this, this is what That's I was going to say. Scenario. I mean, yeah. th- this is the weird thing with obviously deciding things because Villa and Sheffield United are the only game to sort of be played that would bring all Premier League results. Uh, sort of, sorry, games played level. If we would have won that game, we would get out of the relegation positions. Yeah. If Sheffield United won it, they would get a Champions League spot. Yeah. So. You've got to look at it that way, and obviously you've got Man City who are about to be banned from Europe. Oh, uh, thank God is. for that. <laughs> <laughs> so th- there's all of these. Personally, I'd keep uh, Premier. Uh, I would allow the people who were in first to fourth uh, or yeah. first to fifth, whatever it might be, uh, with Man City not being able to. Uh, I would keep that the way it is and promote them to the Champions League next season. Why, I think isn't, why isn't that the same as the relegations are? Cause, because think of it like this, right? If you're saying for all league play, everything's the same, but the Champions because League, everything's only, different. I don't think that's because fair. The, because then you're still giving teams that have that aren't even in those positions an advantage. So you're giving yeah. Tottenham an advantage. Uh, potential, I don't know where Man United Arsenal, are, but United, potentially Man yeah. United, Arsenal. Uh, you, you've got, well, I don't think even think they got that, but uh, okay. in that respect, you, you're giving teams an advantage based off of previous results in another season so that's true and that's not ideal but there's never going to be a perfect scenario is that that is the main disadvantage yeah exactly I accept that I'm not comfortable yeah I accept that I'm not comfortable with that but I still think I think it's the fairest way to do it because I think it's unfair to say right Sheffield United um we uh sorry okay league uh you're going down um, but you're staying where you are. But you're going here. But you're going there. I just, I just think you have to have one universal model across all competitions, across all countries. And I think, while you're right that that rewards teams as previous seasons, and it's not ideal. I think it's, it's just unless what they has cancel to Champions League. 
then he's, yeah, all then he's, he's just Champions League. That's a, that's that's a good shout. Oh. But then you've got TV contracts and things that need to be followed through. But we can talk about what we do with comp- competitions. We can do that in the next part. Po- maybe in the next podcast, we'll talk about what we do next season in terms of the leagues. But we can also delve into what we do in terms of like the FA Cup, the Carabao Cup, and the, the Champions yeah. League and all that. Um, so just 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 stay complete and utter doubling down we agree that we need to null and void everything completely and we have to have a lot of economic support for the nhs as well as lower leagues and clubs yeah. and match day businesses but we separate on the idea of champions league being i think it's null and void and you think we should keep it as it is yes right that is a fairly good compromise i think that's a very good compromise between two different human beings with two different thoughts especially considering <laughs> we differed more um yesterday so i think with that we're going to bring today's podcast to a close so i'd just like to close by talking about voice messages so this podcast was created using anchor that's not a sponsorship that's just software that we use and anchor.fm have a voice messages thing so if you scroll down on our podcast page and click on voice messages you should be able to leave us a little voice message with your name and you leave a question leave an idea and you know if it's an idea about a podcast you might you say oh we want you to do a podcast about this one might do a podcast about it and um, if you do, um, oh, well, what do you think about this? Or can you un- elaborate on this? You might do it just featuring an episode. We have a question, might just feature it in an episode. So I want to get like a little voice messages segment going at the end of every episode if we can. So please do leave a voice message. I'm just going to leave the link now. If you're listening on a different uh, platform, it is anchor.fm. So A-N-C-H-O-R.fm forward slash it's in the game no hyphens no nothing just i-t-s-i-n-t-h-e-g-a-m-e that is uh, anchor a-n-c-h-o-r dot f-m forward slash i-t-s-i-n-t-h-e-g-a-m-e it's in the game so make sure to share this podcast around with all your friends and family on all your different podcast platforms hopefully including itunes and spotify and soundcloud and all these other platforms that we're going to try and get on, but it's just going to take a lot of work to get there, as obviously this is only an inaugural episode. But uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Jack, do you have any closing remarks? Stay at home. Stay Don't at home. Don't be dickheads. Yep. That's the Pretty awful much. message. Uh, thank you to yep. the NHS. Stay at home. Adhere to the lockdown and uh, keep yourself safe and take care. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>